This is an APTA podcast. This podcast is an interview from APTA's 2018 Next Conference and Exposition, held in Orlando, Florida from June 27th through the 30th. Go to APTA.org next to find other news from this 2018 event, and please save the date for next 2019, happening June 12th through 15th in Chicago. And we're back in Orlando, Florida at Next 2018, APTA's National Conference, and I'm joined by Robert Palisano, who just delivered the 23rd Amelie Lecture. So first of all, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so you talked about a lot of things. Uh, one mo- important part of your lecture was talking about a life course approach to health. First define that, and then kind of why is that so important? Mm-hmm. Well, life course really brings into account um, that both people's health capacities as well as the environments that they're in change over time. So it's a very um, dynamic and somewhat nonlinear process. And I think the big message of a life course health is expands health from just absence of acute conditions to really uh, wellness and participation in desired social roles uh, throughout your whole life. So you had a few uh, models that you're, or patients, I guess, that you pointed to uh, to, to illustrate this. And one, you talked about uh, particularly youth with disabilities, and they have sort of some uh, level of care that they get early on, but that the transition to adulthood can be very difficult. So why, why is that transition so difficult? Mm-hmm. Well, up until really about 20 years ago, we really gave little attention to the fact that young people um, who are coming out of the pediatric system uh, really need services and supports from the adult system and we really still are not prepared for that transition. So um, in some cases it's even with physical therapists for instance, a therapist who may provide orthopedic care may not be familiar with how you might address things such as pain or um, fatigue in someone who has uh, childhood onset conditions such as cerebral palsy. Uh, the other thing is our healthcare system just was not designed to meet the needs to provide the kind of coordinated services that these individuals received as uh, children. And finally, and the big challenge is employment, that <clears throat> legislation in the 1970s really has paved the way for students being educated in um, what's called the least restricted environment. In other words, they could be, many people now have attended regular school, but they still need supports and accommodations for work. And that is something that is just starting to emerge. So you mentioned CP, you, you told the story of a young man named Michael who has CP. Um, and you had showed an interview of him when he was young and he was going through physical therapy and essentially the question was uh, all around you know what are you doing and why Mm -hmm. and you noted that as he was answering he glanced off and looked at his parents Mm -hmm. for sort of affirmation if nothing else and said you know he may never have been asked these questions before and so part of this you really made the case clear helping someone who has a disability at a young age transition into that adult part of the healthcare cycle is making sure that they can be independent when their parent is no longer there, either because they've moved on from their parent or their parent has died, whatever the case Mm -hmm. is, and they can take care of themselves. So what can PTs and PTAs do, especially in the PED setting, recognizing that that transition will need to happen? How can they encourage that? That's a really good question. The first is what we talk about is, well, beginning at a young age, concepts um, of self-determination, which that would really translate is, are you providing children appropriate choices 
and allowing them to participate in decisions, allowing them to experience things that might be challenging. One of the concerns, and, and there's certainly good documentation, that individuals with dis physical disabilities often don't have the same numbers and types of experiences and opportunities. And I think what happens without those is children are often, or young people are often not prepared when they lose the supports offered by um, uh, education as well as the pediatric health care system. So it's really engaging them at a young age to be able to explain their health condition, to be able to ask people for help if they need it, and, um, and really that's sort of called trying to empower them to really be uh, self-determined in their own behaviors. Shifting gears just a little bit, you, you mentioned how, in your opinion, the healthcare system has not evolved from a medical model to a biopsychosocial model. Mm -hmm. First, give, give me little pieces of evidence that suggest to you that that hasn't happened, and then what, what can be done to hasten that evolution? Yeah, so um, I just, it's a very complicated when you get into um, either health services, um, social services for a vocational rehabilitation, for community living very, very complicated. So the first thing I would, uh, people don't appreciate is the amount of health, I, I use the term health literacy. You really have to be skilled and you have to continue to be skilled as you evolve through your life course because systems change, so from pediatric to adult. That's not very easy and I think a lot of people just aren't able to navigate that. Uh, clearly there's health disparities in that if you can't advocate, often you're denied or you don't even know. So that's one. I think the simple fix is a big fix, it's a t and it's a challenging one, is given the technology today, we still have systems that, do that don't communicate and coordinate effectively. Uh, so for the instance of physical therapy I'm proposing, there's lots of instances where physical therapists might be a consultant in someone who's receiving vocational rehabilitation or someone who needs some workplace accommodations. These things are not very fluid at this point in time. Um, with respect to our current health care's insurance and managed care, managed care does not really recognize secondary prevention. Um, and the example I gave, uh, and this was a couple, considerable years ago, but it was a person as a young adult, as an adult, her insurance plan denied her coverage for things because she had a long-term disability. In other words, she was not going to be able to walk, but it sort of dismissed the fact that for her to be able to work, to live independently, there certainly were needs she had. So I think um, the lack of appreciation of secondary prevention as well as that technology needs really are based currently mostly on policies and not need. And so it, it becomes very challenging in terms of particularly community um, community participation and work. One of the other things you talked about was getting physical therapy and rehabilitation in general into natural environments was the term you used. Um, what, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. It's very interesting because in, in physical therapy for many, many years we've, we've appreciated the fact that more concepts of motor learning and motor control guide most of our interventions when we talk about the movement experience. Uh, motor learning concepts very strongly indicate that learning is task-specific and environmental context is important. So though I may learn to climb stairs in a therapy gym, that doesn't necessarily afford me 
the opportunities and practices in the real world, particularly we call it an open environment where things are changing. So I think, um, and again, the pediatric system, uh, it's still in some cases community-based services are, are challenging, but in, in early intervention is where it's been adapted that services should be provided in natural environments. So the argument would be we need to have therapists, and again, I see this largely as consultative, not that they need to be on sites where people are doing things, like a work site, a, an education university, to really uh, assess and to be able to provide instruction and recommendations for, for practice um, in, in the real world. So your, your lecture was, was big picture and appropriately so. Um, as you mentioned, these are complex problems, so there's lots of interrelated things that need to be solved to address these overall issues. But I'll, I'll get you out on this last question. For, for any PT, PTA, or, or student who is wanting to make a positive impact on these things you're talking about, is there something they can do now today that's sort of within their power to at least nudge this progress mm -hmm. forward? Well, the first thing, um, and it's something I've learned because I don't think I did this early in my career, is to engage in conversation so you really can understand what people's aspirations and their dreams are. And particularly with children and young adults, we all have dreams that are necessarily where we wind up, but the idea is having hopes and dreams. And families have said the same thing, don't ever take away our hope. So I think that's partly, as we understand that, we often can be helping to engage. Some of it is yeah, having to make the calls, looking in the community where there may be programs available or maybe ways of, of linking children or young adults. So I think some of it is reaching out and being advocates. There are actually some very exciting programs throughout the country, but they tend to have been created by people who are um, just very forward-thinking and very innovative and sometimes working outside the formal system. So I do feel those impacts really are important. I do think that ultimately where advocacy will need to continue to come is the people and their families themselves. And that's, I think, our role is to help to support that advocacy by, by people with disabilities and their families. Absolutely. Uh, so the, the Mailey Lecture, that's one of the annual events here at, at Next, which is tremendous. Uh, Robert Palisano, first of all, again, congratulations. Thank you. Great lecture. Um, I'm Jason Bellamy. We'll be doing more updates like this from Next. Uh, check us out. These are getting posted to Facebook and YouTube and social media. Um, and I'll catch you later. This is an APTA podcast.